From the Kamet Daf Yud Gimel Amud Bet, the right to consume lechem chiyuve de bailimu. If the um, world belongs to Hashem, what gives us the right to consume altogether? Where do we get that right from? And we started to deal with this idea yesterday in the concept of Kohanim Mishulchan Gavoa Kazachi, that the Kohanim are allowed to eat of a, of a korban, or according to Rabbi Yossi Aglili, as Rashi explained him, even the owner of the korban, his right to eat from the korban, comes Mishulchan Gavoa Kazach, that Hashem invites us to his table, so to say, and gives us the right to eat certain things. And we expanded that idea from the area of Kodshim into the idea, into the area of life in general. And today we take it a little bit further in understanding a, an element of the korban todo. A korban todo is... Nowadays, we, we bench gomel in place of a korban toida. When, when a miracle happens, when we're in a situation of danger and we experience being saved from that situation of danger, uh, we used to bring a korban toida, th- a thanksgiving korban, which was a shlamim. So shlamim is the b- broader category of, of korban. It's a korban where the, the owner and, the, and his family and friends can join him in eating it. It's not restricted to the koanim or even to himself. He can, it's a, there's an expanded participation. And he does so. Todo is a subcategory of a korban shlomim, which he brings specifically in order to give thanks. And we've got it in, in Parshas Tzav. Zot Torah Zeva Hashlamim Ashiyakriv Lashem. These are the laws of the korban shlomim. It gives the various different shlomim. Then it says, Im al If you're bringing the korban shlomim for thanksgiving, if that's the purpose, then there's additional specific mitzvot. And among the mitzvot that are specific to a korban todah are the need to bring a whole lot of bakery stuff as well, a whole lot of breads, different breads, bagels and pitas and crackers and matzahs, uh, different types of bread. Forty loaves of bread altogether have to be brought with the korban. Four get given to the kohen and the rest are eaten by the the owners of of the korban. And the amount of time in which the korban can be consumed is shortened. The regular shlamim is two days and one night. So you bring the korban in the morning, you can enjoy it the whole of that day, the, the, that evening, you can invite people to dinner, and the next day you can invite people to, to lunch as well, and you can continue eating the next day. But a korban todo is only that day and, and night, it's not, the, it's not the next day as well. So the, the amount of food is increased, and the amount of time is decreased. Explains the Nitziv, remember the Nitziv we've gotten to know quite well in, in Bovekamer, in Naftoli Tzvi Yehuda Berlin, and he, the Rosh Hashiva of, of Valozhin, his life spanned the whole of the 19th century virtually. And he's uh, had two very well-known sons, Reb Chaim Berlin, who was a Haredi Rosh Hashiva and Rov, in both in Eastern Europe and Yerushalayim as well. And his other son was Reb Meir Bar-Ilan. So the Bar-Ilan University is named after Reb Meir Bar-Ilan, who was one of the founders of, of the Datilumi movement. So out of the Nitziv come these two, uh, the, these two movements, the new movement with the, before the founding of the state and thereafter was uh, one of the founders of that was Rameir Barilan. But that's not his claim to fame. The Natsiv's claim to fame are the Sforim that he left us and, the, and his Talmidim, who is the whole next generation of Rosh Hashivas, all come from Velozhin, come from the, from the Natsiv. And the Natsiv says, because what the Torah wants to do here is to encourage you to invite guests to the Suda and talk about the miracle. So the Torah gives you extra food, and, and he says, in fact, that the, the bread, it's important for our Gemara, is to know that the, the important part of the whole pro- process is the eating of the bread. 
although there's a korban and there's with the korban comes smicha and shechita and zrikas adam and all the avodas of a korban and you've got to give a piece to the kohen and all of that is there and then you've got to eat the eat the meat but the important part says the nativ is the bread this is a celebration of him being saved from difficulty and we want to invite people to come together so that he should talk about the miracle in front of a big community of people. That's a Kiddush Hashem. And that's part of the meaning of the, of the Korban Torah. So now let's get to our Gemara. Omar Rava. This is a typical case. We're going into technical details of a Korban, of a sacrifice. And out of that, a whole world opens up. What is the case we're talking about? A, an ox that has been set aside for a korban toidah. A man has a, a, an experience where he's saved from, from danger, says, I want to bring a korban toidah. He goes into his flock and he takes the, the most beautiful ox and he says, this ox is going to be a korban toidah. The ox is now dedicated for a korban toidah. The ox then misbehaves himself and the ox goes and gores. Causes nezek. He's never done it before. He does it the first time. The din is that the Nizak, he who has suffered the damage, can claim, if the Mazik hasn't got the money to pay him, he can claim the ox, the ox that gored. In other words, he's entitled to Chatsi Nezek because the, go, the ox hasn't done it before. So if the ox caused $1,000 of damage, the Nizak, he who has been damaged, is entitled to $500 of compensation. That $500 he can claim from the ox, meaning that if the ox is only worth $300, then he only gets $300. He can't claim more than the value of the ox that caused the, the damage. More than, so he's limited by the amount, is half the amount of the total damage. And that is not more than the value of the ox that caused the damage. That's the din of, of Migufo. So now... The ox uh, that is set aside to be a korban todah damages my neighbor, my neighbor's ox. So now who owns my ox? The neighbor now has rights in the ox. He's entitled to claim money from the ox. So he has a right in the ox. But I want to bring the ox as a korban todah. What happens now? So He's allowed to claim from the, the meat. In other words, I'm going to take the ox and bring it to the base of Mikdash and I shecht it, I slaughter it, and it's a korban toda. But who eats the meat? Now the, the neighbor comes along and he says, but the meat is mine. I, I, this is for me and my family. I'm entitled to $500 worth of the meat. He gets the meat, but not any of the bread. In other words, if the meat is not worth the full value, Again, the value, the damage was $1,000. He's entitled to $500. The ox is worth $300. So he says, I want all the meat, and I'm going to take your 40 loaves of bread as well. Says the Gemara, says, Ravana, He can't take the bread. The bread stays with the owner. Isn't that obvious? Why would he be able to take the bread? The bread didn't do the damage. Says the Gemara, if you continue, that's what's important. The Nizak eats the bread and the mitkaper, an important word, he who is atoned by the, by the sacrifice, brings the, the bread, the, the lechem. That's also good. 
I might think, since you can't eat the meat if you haven't brought the bread, the bread is part of the, of the korban of the meat. And if the Nizak gets the meat, he gets the bread as well. Because maybe the, the Mazi can say, you bring your own lechem, why, why are you taking my lechem? Who we hear, see from here, the bread is the obligation of the man, of the bailim, the owner, the first owner, not of the, uh, not of the nizak. And Tosfos says we're talking here about according to Rabbi Yosei Aglili. This whole piece of Rava is going according to Rabbi Yosei Aglili. What did Rabbi Yosei Aglili teach us yesterday? He holds that in the case of Kodshim Kalim, in the case of Korbanot like a Toda, it's Mamon Bailim. It belongs to the owner. So the ox, even though it's been set aside as a korban toda, is still an asset that belongs to the owner. The ox now causes damage. The person who has been damaged, the neighbor, gets rights in this ox, which belongs to me. Now, now what we see here is a bifurcation of the mitkaper and the owner, in a sense. So what happens? The rights to eat the, the meat, which is a, an economic right, it's a material right in the ox. That can belong to Reuven, my, my neighbor. But the mitkaper is still me, the person whose korban who's, who's todah it is. So now there are two pieces. What this Gemara does for us is it bifurcates the eating of the korban and the avoida, the other services of the korban. So the korban has to go through the services, and I, as the owner of the korban, have to go through the services. There's the slaughtering of it, the throw, throwing of the blood, which the kohen does for me, the putting the emurim, certain parts of the inside of the animal, onto the mizbah, and it gets burnt on the mizbah. All of these are part of the service of the sacrifice, which yield kapara, they yield atonement. I'm also entitled to eat the korban. The eating of the korban, although the korban has to be eaten, that's not part of the avoda. I can... That could belong to somebody else. So here we've got a case where the neighbor whose ox is damaged by my ox, he gets to eat it. But I do the avoda and the kapor is mine. I bring the lechem because that I bring the bread because that's all part of my obligation as the initiator of the, of the korban. The ktsesachoshin, there's a very important ktsesachoshin on this. And the ktsesachoshin says from here you see that you can't sell the rights to kapara. You can sell the rights to eat. You can sell the material rights in a korban, but not the spiritual outcome of the korban. I can't say, I want, to, I want to give you or I want to sell to you this korban, and you'll have, you can eat the korban, you have all the benefits of the korban. I can sell, sell you the rights to eat the korban, but I can't sell you the benefits of the korban. Because if I could, then what happens in our Gemara? My ox has damaged your ox. At that moment, you become the owner of my ox. And I have to bring the bread. Why do I have to bring the bread? You should have to bring the bread if, you, if it's your korban, it's your kapara. No, I still bring the bread because it's my kapara. Why doesn't the atonement also transfer to the nizak, to the person damaged? Says the question, you can't transfer the spiritual outcome. You can, only you can only transfer the right to eat. The right, not the benefit, is what you can transfer, is how the question learns this. This says the Kodshim Kalim, this type of sacrifice belongs to the owner. That's only that you can transfer the right to eat the meat. But that I do the sacrifice for you. 
I'm giving you the benefit of the sacrifice. I'm going through the Avodah. I'm serving in the Beis Amikdash, and you're getting the benefit of that. That can't transfer. That remains yours. Reb Chaim Shuelevitz goes a, a little bit further, further in this. Reb Chaim Shuelevitz, is, as, as you know, is known for his Musa Shmuzen, because those got published and they're easily accessible. One can read and understand them. But the real greatness of Reb Chaim Shuelevitz is in his Gemara Shirim. It's in the way he understands, understands Gemara. And one of the things I learned from Reb Chaim Shuelevitz was to get to first principles. When you're looking at a difficult thing, get to first principles and work at the level of first principles. And he's a genius in that, in that area. Reb Chaim Shuelevitz is one of the close Talmidim of Reb Shimon Shkop. And Reb Shimon Shkop he used to say that everybody should have a Rebbe among the Acharonim. You should have a Sefer that you study very, very consistently and carefully. And that becomes your teacher. He becomes the, the teacher of methodology. And Shimon Shkop used to say his Rebbe was the Ktsos Achoshin. So if the Ktsos Achoshin was the Rebbe, so to say, although he was 100 years earlier, but but Shimon Shkopper in, invested in, engaged, and understood the Ktsos Achoshin and learned a method of learning from the Ktsos Achoshin, and, so, and Reb Chaim Shmuelevitz was a close Talmud of Reb Shimon Shkop, so who better than Reb Chaim Shmuelevitz, who I had the, the honor of learning from, to be an exponent of the Ktsos HaKoshin for us to explain it. And he says, you've got to bifurcate further. You've got to say every Korban, and, and this is brought by his son-in-law, Reb Nochem, who we met yesterday. He, he quotes his father-in-law, Omer Bezer, Mori Chami, and my father-in-law explains this. In every korban, there are two ideas, two concepts. This is Reb Chaim Shmuelevitz getting to first principles. Two concepts in every korban. Very important principle to understand. There is the one who brings the sacrifice and the one who gets atoned from the sacrifice. There's the person who makes the sacrifice. It's my ox. I bring it. And there's the person who gets atoned for it. Now, normally it's the same person. I bring the ox, I do the avoid, I get the atonement. But you can separate it. I can bring the ox for your atonement. I can bring a korban and say, this is a korban, it's for your atonement. I want you to get the, the atonement of it. But in our situation where the ox is, being, is owned now by the person damaged, but the one who gets the benefit of kapara is the one who brings the bread, which is the, is the initiator, the initial, original owner of the ox. And he says, So Reb Nochem discusses and says, I've been interested in the question of what happens if I bring a korban for somebody else's kapara. The same as you can give tzedakah in the name of somebody else. You bring a, bring a korban so that somebody else should get the atonement. Who eats the korban? The mevi or the mitkaper? And he says, his father, Reb Chaim Shmuelevitz, held that the eating of, this, of the meat, the, the material ownership of the sacrifice, vests in the one who brings it. The benefits are the ones, who, is the one for whom the, the avoider is done. But the one who eats the korban is the one who brings the korban. And he explains, So he asks, what he deals with here is, how does the Nizak even get the right to eat? What did we learn yesterday? Where did the right to eat come from? Hashem Mishulchan Gavor. So I, a miracle happened to me. I say, Hashem, thank you. I want to bring a korban. I set aside my ox. I'm bringing the korban. The korban is brought, and I'm allowed to eat the korban. Why? Mishulchan Gavor Kazachi. Hashem invites me to his table. 
But how does Hashem invite my neighbor who's my ox damaged? Where does he come into the whole picture? Why is, why is he even involved? Explains Rebchaim Shmulevitz, because once he gets to own the ox, because the ox damaged his ox, so he gets the material rights in the ox, he is now the mavi. And one understands that, because who's actually making the sacrifice in the literal sense of the word? Who's actually paying for it? The mavi is the one who pays the sacrifice. So now you've got two things. There is a ritual attached to the sacrifice, and there's sacrifice attached to the sacrifice, meaning it comes out of my pocket. So those are two different things. And it's the same in all areas of life and, and of, of, of Avodah Hashem. There are the things you have to do. You go, you dive in, you just say brochas. There, there are rituals we have to do. And, and they have a benefit to, to our neshamot. We get close to Hashem through those rituals. But there's also the area of making the sacrifice, of, of, giving, of understanding that what I have is not mine. It belongs to Hashem. The maybe is the one who gets to eat. So if we take yesterday's shir and today's shir and we combine the ideas, we come out with an amazing concept. The right to consume the sacrifice is given to the one who makes the sacrifice, not the one for whom the sacrifice is made. The rights to consume the sacrifice, in other words, the invitation to sit at Hashem's table is issued to the person who makes the sacrifice not to the person for whom the sacrifice is made. And the, the, the making of the sacrifice, that means I understand. When I'm making a sacrifice, it means I understand. It isn't mine to start with, as we said yesterday. This belongs to Hashem in the first place. And, and, and that understanding, that surrendering of our assets to the ownership of Hashem is what the act of sacrifice is. That nothing is mine, it all belongs to Hashem. And I want to apply it to, to the, the difficult times that we're in, where so many Massive sacrifices have been made by our nation already and, and uh, unfortunately will probably continue to be made in, in the next little while. Unbelievable sacrifices, korbanot. The Jewish people will be atoned through these sacrifices. The korbanot that the nation is making will atone for the, for the chataim, all those sins of, of Lashon Hara and Machlekes and Pirud, all those things we were doing and hatred, sinat chinam, that, that, that was going on before, these korbanot, these sacrifices will atone. But who gets invited to sit at Hashem's table? Not us for whom the sacrifices are made. The people who actually sacrifice. They're in a different category. The people who've actually given their lives and their families, who gave their sons or fathers or, or, or brothers and sisters, the people who gave of their of their family and the people who gave of their own lives, they are the mevi'im. In every korban, we've got to look, we're living in a time of korban. It's as if the Beis Hamikdash is there, but instead of bringing a cattle to the Beis Hamikdash, we're bringing our own people to the Beis Hamikdash. And we're sacrificing our own people to Hashem, surrendering the cream of, of, of our nation we're giving over to Hashem. And yes, there will be kapara. The kapara goes to he for whom the sacrifice is brought. That's the people of Israel. But the Mishuchan Gavoa Kazachu, who gets the right to sit at Hashem's table, the right to sit at Hashem's table goes to those who make the sacrifices, to those who pay the price, to those who've given their lives and to their families.